Amen. So I think it was on October, I mean, September 6th, Bill Maher, we have a picture of him, um, he closed his HBO show Real Time, talking about, <laughs> talking about our nation, I don't know anything about him, I never watched the show, so just so you know, um, talking about our nation's obesity problem and how fat shaming needs to make a comeback. And so maybe you saw it, maybe you watch the show and you know him, um, but I have a clip of, of what he said that night, so we'll watch that. In August, 53 Americans died from mass shootings. Terrible, right? You know how many died from obesity? 40,000. Fat shaming doesn't need to end. It needs to make a comeback. <laughs> Some amount of shame is good. We shame people out of smoking and into wearing seat belts. We shame them out of littering and most of them out of racism. Shame is the first step in reform. It's what goads people into saying, maybe I can do better, as opposed to, I'm always perfect the way I am, how dare you? We need to start aiming higher as a country. <clears throat> okay, so again, I don't really know anything about Bill Maher, but he really, I feel like he, he really cares about America. He really, this problem is really big for him. And he really believes that fat shaming is, is helpful and that it's necessary, that it's a loving thing to do. And so about a week later, um, James Corden, he, oh, I'm sorry, I went back. Okay, I'll go back to my uh, Jack Ryan, because I love Jack Ryan. But um, just to explain, in case you didn't know about Bill Maher, he is like saying, all you need to do is just say no to binge watching Jack Ryan and eating popcorn. Not that I'm going to do that. And saying yes to uh, exercise and celery, right? So he's saying all you need to do is just say no to eating and overeating and say yes to exercise. And it's just that simple. But James Corden, um, who is the host of The Late Late Show with James Corden, full disclosure, I don't, I, I, I clearly I kind of align with James Corden because I struggle with my eating. But then also I love carbocado, okay? So um, I watch that on YouTube all the time. And so I, I have a little bit of favoritism and bias. His clip is probably twice as long as Bill Maher's. But um, I just want us to hear kind of what his, his response to Bill Maher is. Say, right, that any time I've met Bill Maher in person, he's been nothing but pleasant and kind and nice, which is why I found it so surprising that he or anybody thinks that fat shaming needs to make a comeback because fat shaming never went anywhere. I mean, ask literally any fat person. We are reminded of it all the time on aeroplanes, on Instagram, when someone leaves a pie on the windowsill to call and they give us a look like... <laughs> don't... don't you dare! <laughs> don't you... Now, there's a common and insulting misconception that fat people are stupid and lazy, and we're not, right? We, we get it, we know. We know that being overweight isn't good for us, and I've struggled my entire life trying to manage my weight, and I suck at it, right? I've had good days and bad months. <laughs> <laughs> I've basically been off and on diets since as long as I can remember, and, well, this is how it's going. <laughs> Okay, 
So James Corden, right, he, both of them agree that there's an obesity problem, that our nation has an obesity problem, but they are, they differ in the way that they respond, and they're different in the way that they want to come up with the solution, right? Bill Maher is saying no to eating, and yes to exercise, and James Corden is like, oh my gosh, it's so much more complicated than that. It's like, if I, if I could have, if it were that easy, I would be skinny right now, but he's been struggling his whole life. And so he's, their perspectives are different, the way that they want to come about the solving the problem is different and and I think that James Corden would even argue right that that James that the Bill Maher solution is not just like it's not bad but it's like it makes things worse right like later in he talks about like you know when when he gets stressed out and he knows he shouldn't eat or whatever like he just eats even more right like we try to diet and we just end up like eating more than what we would have if we weren't even trying and so I just love how like um, they, they could talk about it, and I think that these conversations are important, but clearly I'm a little biased, and I think that, like, Bill Maher might be, you know, thinking he's part of the solution, but maybe he's making the problem worse, and that's what we've been talking about last week, and that's the context uh, for what we're going to talk about today. I'm totally ste- stealing Katz's sermon from last week. <laughs> so if you remember, um, the Jews, right, someone was um, coming up to Jesus right? And he was asking, like, how many Jews are participating in bringing heaven on earth, right? And Jesus is like, you know, you guys thought that you were part of the solution, but you are really making the problem worse, right? You guys thought that you were going to be in the, at the feast, but really, you know, people from the north and the south and the east and the west, they're all coming to take their place at the feast. But you know what? You're not one of the guest lists. Your name's not on the guest list. You're not invited. And they're like, what? Right? Because they thought they were part of the solution. They thought that they were working and partnering with God to bring heaven on earth, but they weren't. And so Kotz talked about how Um, You know, there was a big problem of inclusion, and there was a big problem with unity, and God was trying to bring everybody together, but they were being divisive, and they were excluding people. And he he talked about how the, the greatest threat to bringing heaven on earth, the greatest threat to the solution of of the kingdom of God is fear. And so... um, Then he finished with, the way that we become part of the solution is by loving God, by loving one another. I feel like there should have been a comment in there somewhere, but I didn't know where. But really, we can be part of the solution by loving God, and we express our love to God by loving one another. And I totally agree with him. And so today, I feel like um, this passage that follows what Kotz talked about, it kind of helps us go deeper, where it's not just about, let's say no to fear, and we're going to say yes to love. Right? Because it's so much more complicated that it's so hard and it takes so it's it's just a lot harder. And I think that this next passage um, it shows us how we can be part of the solution, how we can love God by loving one another. So let's read it. Um, Luke thirteen, thirty one through thirty five. Just then some Pharisees came up and spoke to Jesus. Get away from here, they said, because Herod wants to kill you. Go and tell that fox, replied Jesus. Look here, I'm casting out demons today and tomorrow and completing my healings. I'll be finished by the third day, but I have to continue my travels today, tomorrow, and the day after that. It couldn't happen that a a prophet would perish except in Jerusalem. 
Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you kill the prophets and stone the people sent to you. How many times did I want to collect your children like a hen gathers her brood under her wings? And you would not, you would not, you would have none of it. Look, your house has been abandoned. Let me tell you this, you will never see me until you are prepared to say a blessing upon you. Welcome in the name of the Lord. So imagine where we are. We're like standing with Jesus, right? He's just told us that we are not on the guest list. And then some Pharisees run in and they're like, you got to get out of town. Like Herod is out to kill you. You got to get out of here. And, and Jesus is like, look, this is my, <laughs> my version. He's just like, look, tell that fox I don't have time to deal with him. Right? I don't have time to deal with him. I have um, people to heal, There's, and I need to cast out demons. And on the third day, my work is going to be done, which is a hint, hint to something like the two days and the three days and the resurrection. And then he's like, you know what? I am going to travel. Like, I'm, I will leave. But it's not because I'm afraid of Herod. It's not because I'm afraid that, you know, he's going to kill me. Because I am doing my father's business. My destiny is to go to Jerusalem and to die on the cross. I am not going to die here. I have, God has a plan. He has a plan for how he's going to bring heaven here on earth right here and right now. And it's not, I don't have to be afraid of him. And so he's like, I'm just going to keep on, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to keep on what I'm doing. And like, that's just, you know, I'm going to do my father's will. And then he goes back to Jerusalem. It's the place where people, all the Jews had come to worship. It's the place that represents, like, God's people. And he's like, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you kill the prophets and stone the people sent to you. He's like, you are, your fear makes you, like, run to, like, the allies or the leaders that look powerful, that you think that they're going to protect you. You're afraid, but you look to these other people to be your safety. And I want you to come to me. He's like, he um, describes himself like a hen who wants to, you know, when, when there's danger, he's like a hen who wants to gather her, her chicks around him and protect them. He wants to, because he loves them so much. And he doesn't want them to reject him, but he just loves them so much. But they, they don't get it. And I found this video of a hen gathering her chicks. And I tried to Google, like, hen gathering her chicks, scared by a fox. But they don't have that. So <laughs> I found a hen gathering her chicks from a dog. <laughs> okay, so let's watch that. <laughs> imagine like we are the chicks and like 
Jesus wants to, to come around him and find our hiding place in him and, and find our safety and security in him. But if you're like me, you're like the chick who's really literally running like his head is cut off, right? I'm running around. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to go over here. And, and Jesus is like, come here. I love you. I can protect you. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. You know, and I'm running around and running around. And he's like, that's what Jerusalem, that's what the people of God are doing. They're like not coming to him. They're not finding any peace or life or protection. They're just like trying to do things on their own. And so that's when he says, look, I'm like a, a hen who wants to gather her brood under her wings, and you would, have none, you would have none of it. Look, your house has been abandoned. It's like if we reject God, he has no choice but to not have anything to do with us. He doesn't want it to be like that. He wants us to come to him, but we have a choice to make. And if we choose to reject him, he's not codependent like I am. He's not going to be, come on, come on. He's just going to be like, that's your choice. I mean, he's going to come chasing after us. I mean, he's going to woo us. He's going to want us to come. He he wants us to come, but he's not going to just be like the mother hen. Come over here and I'm going to force them to force us to do it. Because it requires, love requires a choice. He wants us to find protection and restoration and safety in him. And then I love at the end, you know, he, um, he says, look, um, what did, he said, like, um, you'll never see me until you're prepared to say, and then he writes, a blessing upon you, welcome in the name of the Lord. And that's a line from Psalm 118. And if you have time this week, read Psalm 118. I wish we had time to read it. it it's amazing because he's really calling back. It's a psalm about thanksgiving and about trusting in God. And he's like, he's reminding, the psalmist is reminding the people of God that God loves you and his love endures forever. He talks about a time when when God saved them. And he's like, remember that time when I saved you, when God saved you, because that is going to get you through the next time. The next time you're afraid, God is going to like even come and and, and he'll save you again. Like he's going to protect you and be with you and there for you again. He saved them before, and he'll do it again. And, and then he talks about God's strength and his salvation, that God is going to give us strength and that he's going to bring heaven on earth right here and right now, that we're not alone in this, that it, even if you reject him, he still wants to be there for you. He wants to be your support and your strength. And so the Jews, like, they didn't get it, right? They, they rejected him. They were creating more division and working against God and his movement. But what about us? How do we do it? How do we love God by loving one another? How do we become part of the solution and not make our problem worse? Not make the problem worse. And it's a combination of these three things. And I think if we dig deep, we can really see these, the three things in, in the scripture. So the first thing we need is we need Jesus' love and his support and his strength. And this is provided through his spirit, God's spirit, and his people. Just like how Jesus, you know, compared himself to a mother who loves her children and how he, he, she wants to protect him. She's not doing it because that's her job. She wants it because she loves him, that she loves them. And how God loves us is through the spirit. He comforts us, he supports us, he gives us like this divine strength, but he also does it through his people, like through one another. 
And so maybe some of us are like, we're trying to say no to fear and yes to love, no to fear, yes to love, but we can't do it. Like, it's like those yo-yo diets. Like, we do it for a week, and then the next week it gets really stressful, and we get really scared, and then we're like, ah, oh, we didn't do it. We, we, we succumb to fear. It's because we need the, the support and the strength and the love from, from those around us. Like, we are created to be God's manifold of grace and love and support and strength for one, other, for one another. We are to give strength and support to others, and we're also to receive it. We need one another. So we need Jesus' love and support and strength that's given through the Spirit and one another. That is, like, an important thing. Uh, the, the second need is we need to deal with our fears. I love in this passage that Jesus just doesn't say, oh, you guys are okay. There's nothing to be afraid about. I mean, he calls it out. You guys are afraid, and we can see your fear lived out in, in your actions, in your, the way that you reject me, in the way that you kill the prophets, and, and, you know, the way that you're acting. And so he's like, we need to dig around and deal with our fears. We need to understand, like, that we may have fears about not having enough. You know, Kotz talked about greed, that, that maybe that comes from, you know what, we're afraid we're not, we don't have enough. Maybe we have a fear of, like, not being enough. And so we have this pride of, like, we got to prove ourselves or we, we can't um, acknowledge our weaknesses or our fears because we got to be strong and we got to be good. And, and so maybe we fear, like, we're not good enough. Maybe we fear we don't have worth and value. Or maybe we just fear we the unknown, right? If there are people who are different from us, who, you know, if maybe the James Cordons in the world are afraid of the Bill Mars because they're different and they think different and they say different things. Like, that's, that could be really scary and uncomfortable. And so we have to dig around and be like, okay, well, what is this fear about? And how am I living out my fear? And when we can dig around and acknowledge that fear in us, because, and, and we can do that because we have the support and love and acceptance of our friends and God and our, the Spirit working. I mean, I need everybody. It's God, the Spirit, and all y'all, right? But when we have that, then when we feel like we're okay, then we can kind of start to think about our fears. Instead of hiding them in those dark places in our hearts, we can bring them out into the light and say, okay, Lord, let me let you know, let's think about this. Where did this come from? How is it, how is it affecting my decisions and how I want to live out um, this faith that I have in you and trusting you and loving you? And so we bring that fear out into the light and he, where he can heal it and he could restore us, where we find that protection. And so we need to, again, we need Jesus' love and support and strength through his spirit and one another, and we need to deal with our fears. Because if it's like the diet thing, we can like, um, we could say, okay, I'm not going to eat. This week I'm going to eat celery. But when it starts getting stressful and I start getting scared, or we start getting scared that maybe we're not enough, or we're scared that like uh, we're not going to be safe and secure, you know what we're going to do? We're going to eat those, that bag of potato chips that we bought at Costco, right? We are going to fall off our diet. But we need to deal with those needs. I mean, deal with, we need to deal with our fears because then that, that will help us heal and be restored. And then the last need is we need to choose to love others. Love requires a choice. And Jesus is clear in the passage about how you have a choice. We have a choice. We can accept him or we can reject him. We can trust him or we can go, you know, be left to our own devices. And so we need to choose and, and it's a combination of these three. 
right? If we, the, the Bill Maher, I love Bill Maher, I'm not trying to, I'm just saying in this situation, what he said, <laughs> I mean, um, that to say yes to, you know, healthy eating and no to unhealthy food or overeating, that that's not enough. To say yes, um, I'm going to choose to love and no to fear, we're going to need the support. We can have all the support in the world and we could deal with our fears, but if we never choose to love, then we'll fall short. And so it's like a combination of those three. One makes, you might get in a situation where there's fear and you're like, I have to deal with my fear now. And I don't have a choice. I don't have, you know, I need to deal with it. And I got to call my friends and I'm going to need, you know, God's love and support. I mean, it could be any combination. You could start with any of these needs. It's all messy. There's no sequential order. There's no formula. And, you know, I'm sorry, it takes time, right? It's, it takes time. It's going to take, like, processing and talking to the friends and prayer and, and all of that and, and reflecting, and, and it, it just takes time. So don't feel, like, uh, frustrated when you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm 50 years old and I'm still dealing with this. Because <laughs> that's just me, I know. But it's just, it takes time. So we start, we need to start with, with um, any one of these three. And when we go through this process, we need to go, th- we know it's, it's, it's not just me and God, but we need to go through the process together because we need each other. We were created to be this way. And so it's a combination. And so like Bill Maher and James Corden, we agree I think we can all agree that our world has serious problems with unity and inclusion on so many levels, right? And so um, I kind of wrote them down. Like, we have a problem with unity and inclusion when it comes to race and creed and color and ethnicity and national origin and religion and sex and sexual orientation and gender identity and gender expression and age, and physical or mental ability, and even marital status, right? Like we have so many problems with, with acceptance and inclusion and in unity with these just these topics. And so we can decide, like, are we, we may even feel like we're part of the solution and we're loving and we're helping, but we need to ask ourselves, like, are we like the Jews? Or do we think we're part of the solution, but we're really making the problem worse. And so I think the, the beauty of this is, is that God loves us and he loves this church and that he knows our fears and he doesn't shy away from that. That he still invites us to trust him and to come under his wings of love and safety for protection and he wants us to, he longs to, to give us the strength and so the support that we need. And he invites us to choose to love. He invites us to choose to be part of the solution, to really be part of the solution. And then the way that we do that is by those three things, the combination of those three things. Like, right? Needing, um, needing Jesus' love and support and strength that we get from one another and from his spirit it's needing to deal with our fears and it's needing to choose love and when we can do that then we can really be part of the solution 
that we can we can be part of the movement that God wants to, you know, he wants to bring heaven on earth here today, like right here and right now. And so I'm going to give us, as part of the Hang On sermon series, and it's the, the last day, right? I wanted to give us the opportunity to choose that. <clears throat> and it's an individual choice, but it's a really a choice that we, we make individually, but we need each other. Like we, we need to make this choice together. And so if you are, like, committed to, like, explore those three steps, like, you know, maybe I do have a lot of fear. Or maybe I have a lot of fear, and I know the fear, and I want love, but maybe I, I need more support, and I need more strength from others. Or maybe you're like, I got lots of friends, and I have my support, and, and I want to choose love. But maybe you're like, maybe my thing is I need to really dig deeper and look and, and, and you know, what are my fears? You know, if any of those things, like if you want to explore and, and like commit to being part of the solution, then during this response song, we have um, some individuals who uh, have a, a tangible way for us to remember like our desire to want to be part of the solution. And so if you remember in the bumper of the hang on, everybody has the balloon. And so it's just a reminder, like, we want to hang on to God. We want to hide under his wings, and we want to hang on to him and draw close to him and, and, and be part of the solution. We want to be part of this movement that he has. We want to help him bring heaven here on earth right here, right now. We don't want to make things worse because we know the church can do that. But we want to be part of the solution, and we want to do that by loving God and expressing that love for God by loving one another. And so as we sing, uh, maybe the worship team can come forward, and as we sing this next song, you know, just really try and, like, soak in the worship, soak in the song, soak in God's presence, and just prayerfully consider, like, okay, do I, am I really ready? Do I want to be part of the solution? And if you don't, like, there is no shame and guilt. If you're like, I'm not ready, that is totally fine. Don't feel like, oh, everybody's grabbing a balloon, and I got to grab a balloon. Like, that's totally fine if that's, you know, there's no shame, no criticism. Um, we won't judge you. Um, but if that's you, like, if you're like, no, I, I think this is what I've been needing, or this is what God has been talking to me about this whole series, and, and I want to be part of the solution, then just kind of wave. There's going to be, like, four guys that are going to, like, pass out the balloons and just let them know. And if you didn't get the color you want, you could switch with your friend, but you get what you get and don't throw a fit. Uh, <laughs> but seriously, like, just prayerfully consider, like, Lord, and just, if you want to commit to being part of this solution, then just let the balloons and hold them. And then maybe as we sing the offering song, you know, just look around. Because it re the balloon represents an individual choice. But when you look around and see how many, like, of all the individual choices, like, God can do some amazing things through Westlight. Like, we can, as a church, really help to bring unity and, and inclusiveness you know, inclusion into our, into our community, and we could really make a difference. So let's pray.